This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 72, about Gotham, season 2, Wrath of the Villains, episode 20, Unleashed. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, detectives. Welcome back, Gothamites, to episode 72 of our podcast about Gotham, this time talking about Gotham season two, episode 20, Unleashed. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And I'm John, one of your other Unleashed hosts, as I join Azrael in a, a dash across Gotham to cause chaos and mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an episode. Ah, oh, fantastic. It was explosive, let's say. And hilarious. <laughs> yes, it was. And stabby. A lot of stabbing. There certainly was. They do like their knives in Gotham. Yeah, a lot of revenge, or ruwengi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tons, tons. Thanks so much for joining us, listeners. Really good to have you on board for the last couple of episodes of our Gotham coverage uh, for season two. Uh, really good and fun episode this time. Really enjoying and looking forward to talking about this one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, if you're looking forward to listening to any of our previous discussions on Gotham, uh, go to gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, or you can search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good podcast catcher. Subscribe, uh, leave a review if you can. Uh, it's always good for other people to find out where we are um, and our lovely dulcet tones through our podcast will be there all the time uh, for you if you subscribe to Gotham. And of course, we do have our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. And of course, as always, um, we will be um, live tweeting from 10pm Channel 5 Gotham uh, Wrath of the Villains Season 2. Um, and obviously we do that through Twitter. So just go to at Gotham TV podcast. Yep, that's right. We always live tweet through Twitter every Monday night. <laughs> yes, not through Pinterest. Not through anywhere else. No. I got caught up in my own uh, words there. I was stumbling <laughs> around and I suddenly lost what I was talking about. That's all right. Uh, but we do enjoy when you're part of the conversation, listeners. If you want to send us any kind of feedback about the episodes as we come to a close, uh, you can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or pop onto our website and leave us some audio feedback if you want to. That's gothamtvpodcast.com and click the send voicemail button. Uh, and you'll be able to leave 90 seconds of your thoughts, which we'll share on the episode. Absolutely. It'd be great to listen to some voicemails. Um, but of course, um, I think it's about time that we get into this episode of Gotham. Derek, what are some of your production notes? Yep. This episode was directed by Paul A. Edwards, who's directed three episodes of, of Gotham, uh, including this one. Yeah, he's done episode 21 of season one as well, The Mask and the Anvil. So some of the later episodes of season one. That was the great... Um double episode with um the ogre that's right yeah yeah uh it was also written by showrunner danny cannon he tends to have some uh, some really deep cuts of characters and lots of main characters included in this episode and some great music as well that's a really great point in the episode very true very true john do you want to tell us what danny cannon gave us for this episode sure 
Professor Hugo Strange is still under suspicion from the GCPD after the attack by former dead Mer Theo Galavan on Captain Bonds, whose condition is now critical in hospital. Taking up the mantle of Captain, Harvey Bullock arrives with Jim Gordon at Arkham Asylum with a warrant to inspect Professor Strange's office. However, Strange remains one step in front of the police as he shreds all of his documents and begins to close down Indian Hill, relocating the test subjects. Enigma, disturbed from his discovery of Indian Hill, also realises the need to relocate. During his escape, Enigma meets Selina on her own, who is trying to track Professor Strange for Bruce, agreeing to it only because she hopes to also rescue Bridget, who she thinks is still alive in Arkham. At the same time, the discovery of Azrael loose in Gotham City sparks deep concern for Bruce from Alfred and Jim, as Azrael remembers his mission to kill the son of Gotham but it also resurrects the need for lasting revenge from Penguin and Butch Gilzean, who team up to avenge the death of Gertrude Capelput and near death of Tabitha from her brother. As Azrael arrives at Wayne Manor, attacking Alfred and Bruce, he proves difficult to stop, that is, until Oswald and Butch arrive with the right tools. Firing an RPG, Butch kills Azrael, just as in Indian Hill, another weapon is being fired up. <laughs> oh, what a great moment in this episode. I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get into our podcast. But first, if this is your first time joining us, the way we cover our episodes is we choose five points each about the episode to discuss. Uh, hopefully through those and some notes at the end of the episode, we should cover everything we want to talk about in the episode overall. John, do you want to kick us off with your first point about the episode? I do. Bruce learns to drive. Yes, he does. <laughs> he learns to drive straight into Theo Gallivan, um, <laughs> starting the first in a long line of increasingly um, brutal and um, severe attacks on, on Theo Gallivan or Azrael to um, to finish him off. Yeah, I've got it written in my notes as the escalating deaths or killings of Gallivan. <laughs> I thought this was really good. Again, this double bluff where he leaves the shoes so it looks like he's hiding behind the car. Mm -hmm. And then he revs up that engine. Uh, garage full of some pretty nice looking cars. Not that you could see too much. It's pretty dark. But he revs up that engine and goes careering at um, Azrael. Really, really like this, um, but only to find that he cannot find any sight of the body or, in fact, any blood splatter uh, on the, the windscreen. I yeah. didn't even get to use the window wash in, the, in this <laughs> moment. Yeah, there's not much blood in Gotham generally uh, from, from these kind of uh, these kind of accidents. I'm not sure whether there's much blood left actually going round the body of Galavan. Uh, although the insistence of Harvey that he does bleed, we don't get to see too much of it in this episode, despite uh, a bunch of bullet holes um, uh, <laughs> and some other things that happen to him in the, in this final scene. But yeah, really like that uh, that Bruce here gets to take uh, take a little driving lesson from his garage right through Galavan. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we do see as well, Azrael learns to whip as well. Yes, he does. Yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones-esque around the throat of uh, the young Bruce Wayne. I did really like the scene. I liked how that, that overall scene was directed as uh, as Bruce looks under his car trying to find Galavan and he's disappeared and then appears right behind him in the scene. It really did feel like something out of a horror film. You know, it was just nicely done. I know it's the actual tone of the episode this time I thought was a little lighter than normal uh, there were some very funny moments within the episode um, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, but that particular moment in the scene I actually thought worked really well when uh, Galavan appears behind the car uh, I thought that was quite cool yeah definitely um, 
I think it was really just a nice little moment. And I think, to be honest, sort of that increasing violence on Azrael, it was nice that it was done in a slightly lighthearted way, even though there was a serious reason behind it all. Um, I definitely thought it was nice that they did keep it light. Um, because, you know, otherwise it could have been overly intense, I think. I mean, it's funny, actually, the last episode that Danny Cannon did write, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of it, even though I liked aspects of the two storylines. That was when Jim was in Blackgate, yeah. and of course there was also then Oswald with his now adopted family, uh, or previously adopted family, whilst his, his father was still alive. Yeah, And um, I really kind of enjoyed elements of that episode, but it didn't work overall for me, whereas this just seemed to come together, um, and it was a really, really good episode. And in particular, I think this escalation against Azrael and um, the, the revenge coming from left and right and um, really, really added to just a great feeling about this um, crescendo of, of Azrael unleashed on Gotham. Yeah, I think you're right. It does kind of speak to our point on that episode when we reviewed it, saying that we didn't like the episode overall um, because of the fact there were so few characters dealt with. When Danny Cannon gets to play with all the toys in the toy chest like this episode, it's so much more fun and so much more enjoyable, really, isn't it? Um, definitely enjoyed that. Which does bring me to, obviously, because we've started here with the attacks on Galavan, this final moment with Oswald and Butch arriving, Butch carrying a a rocket launcher, um, <laughs> and Oswald carrying an umbrella is fantastically funny. Oh, it's um, fantastic. Really, really, really enjoyable, especially because Oswald picks up on a point that we mentioned before. Uh, I think you said, what's going to happen next time they meet? Where is he going to shove that umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> he specifically says to him, uh, I put it down your throat last time. It didn't stay there. Um, maybe I'll shove it somewhere else this time. So, yes, they've been listening, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> there's certainly not going to be anywhere where they can stick it after uh, what Butch does to to uh, Azrael. Oh, my God. Like... I thought the music, um, I just thought the whole setup um, was just fantastic. And a bit like the O'Crud moment from Ed Nigma in the snow, mm -hmm. I just thought James Frain's reaction of, oh, was like, <laughs> and then the rocket coming, uh, being fired from um, the RPG, absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, um, and just just the whole aspect of it, like with Butch going, "Hi, fellas!" Absolutely, just topped uh, really, off with really his topped off with his really polite hello to the to the guys. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that uh, that little moment, uh, and great to see Butch back. I think just to kind of go into the other little points about Butch as well. Really like having the character of Butch Gilzine, our introducer for the show, obviously um, back on the back on the screens. Uh, his first moment where we find out that he has actually kicked, kicked Barbara out because of her uh, channel changing habits. Um, in last week's episode, uh, and he's he is in a proper relationship with Tabitha, so that has actually come to fruition. We knew that they were hanging around and they were watching TV together and ruling as the king and queen of Gotham, but uh, but he has the relationship with her. She is going to leave him because of what she thinks is going to happen with uh, with Azrael returning or her brother returning, um, and we see Butch plead with her not to leave him. So uh, so nice to see a bit of character development with him. Uh, the one thing I did wonder was when he was speaking to her, saying. Um, you know, you're the only one that will look me in the eye when I, when I, when you talk to me. You're the only one who likes how I look. Um, I didn't think I was going to feel this way again. Do you think he's talking about Fish Mooney? 
I think so. I think it's the relationship yeah. he had with Fish Mooney. That's that's what I, I picked up on it anyway. Uh, in that scene, thought that was quite a quite a nice little uh, little moment with Tabitha. That that at least they found true love after everything that's gone on. But don't stop. I was just getting all misty. <laughs> on that note, John, do you want to give us your next point? It is the team up, the maybe slightly uneasy alliance between Penguin and Butch. Is Butch back, baby, um, with regards to teaming up with Oswald? Is mm. this going to stick? Um, but I thought it was really quite nice that it was done um, over Tabitha whilst, whilst Butch is really kind of expressing his sweet spot that he's got for, for Tabitha. Yeah. Um, and that she's actually still just about clinging on to, to life here uh, in hospital like Captain Barnes. But... Um, I love the fact that he really does protect um, Tabitha here, you know, because Tabitha is the one that killed Gertrude, after all, with the knife in the back. That's and right. so, you know, Penguin, whilst he was after um, an intent on getting Theo Galavan, he suddenly realises and sees by tracking Butch down that Tabitha is very much alive and has been hiding out with with Butch Gilzean um, whilst he's taken over. Oswald's mantle as King of Gotham. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, this whole kind of uh, alliance at the moment lasts, if indeed it does. I'm a bit concerned for Butch. I have a feeling that maybe um, uh, one of uh, Penguin's new uh, pieces of clothing or one of his canes is going to have something spiky that (laughs) might be used against him at some point. Maybe, but remember the last time Tabitha and Butch met Oswald, they did tar and feather him as well. So he does have a bit of an axe to grind with the two of them. It was Butch that stopped Tabitha killing him, but um, they did cause him to be tarred and feathered. So, uh, so yeah, you, you may be right. This. Well, that is true as well, <laughs> although that was the different Oswald. That mm-hmm. was happy, clappy, peace uh, will out uh, Oswald. <laughs> this is very much now um, revenge, psychotic, um, violent, it's- stabby. Penguin. It's definitely good to see this penguin back as well, isn't it? Yeah. After the number of episodes we've had with them, it's really good to see this penguin back. But I love the fact that they did bond over revenge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the end of the day, we knew Penguin was going to want to get revenge on Theo mm-hmm. um, because of Gertrude. And he puts that revenge against Tabitha aside so that Butch can get his revenge for um, the, the the stabbing of Tabitha by um, by Azrael. Yeah. Although I say stabbed, it was more like she was run through. I mean, Absolutely. that was a pretty brutal um, stab. I'm surprised she was still alive, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did think um, she wasn't going to survive that. She may still not uh, survive that. And indeed, she might not survive Penguin now that he knows what ward she's on in, in Gotham General. But He has made a promise. <laughs> yeah, but is it only for that moment? Yeah. I'm a bit sort of concerned for Butch uh, and indeed for Tabitha mm-hmm. here. Um, so it really was good, though, to see them team up to kind of settle their differences, at least for the moment, uh, and see them team up on the basis of revenge against um, Theo Galavan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really good. Derek, what's your next point? One of the moments I absolutely loved in this episode is just Ed Nigma trying to escape from uh, Arkham because he looks terrified to begin with because he's just found out what's going on in Indian Hill. So he has to find a way out of Gotham, uh, meets up with Selina and gets himself out. But the moment at the end of his escape when he gets caught, I just think is hilarious because he's over-celebrating the fact that he's gotten out through the vent system of, uh, <laughs> of Arkham Asylum uh, and instantly gets caught. I presume he's going to get back in 
uh, get thrown back in. And I presume what that means is that Hugo Strange is not going to have uh, any good things to show Ed um, in the in the center of Arkham Asylum. Um, yeah, I just really like the scene. I love how it's played by Corey Michael Smith. A nice little comedy moment between him and, uh, and Selena as well as they bump into each other. And she goes, um, hey, forensics guy. He goes, hey, street urchin. <laughs> yeah. um, no, street trash girl, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then uh, then she says to him, you're the one that set up Jim Gordon. And he goes, well, you turned him in to try and get the uh, try and get the reward money. And she goes, well, okay. Uh, nice little moment between the two of them. But yeah, nice again, just the pacing of this within this episode showing that it's a bit of a lighter episode than normal, but a really fun one. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, this is also one of my points um, as well. I thought it literally showed the revolving doors of Arkham. <laughs> um, we have, like, I love the fact that Ed looked so visibly shaken after his trip down to Indian Hill in the mm. basement that this was like he had to get out he really must get out and then just that Ed is out he is so relieved and um, he's even celebrating the fact that there's a little bit of misty rain going on and that's kind of cooling him off only and I mean yeah similarly his expression as the Alsatian is growling and barking at him, is mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and again, we don't have the O'Crud moment. I did wonder whether he was going to say that again. <laughs> we have the Odea moment this time, but it was really good, that that whole kind of little sequence. And as you say, um, just him bumping into Selina uh, was, was a nice little touch, actually. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed that. Very good. Uh, John, you want to give us your next one? Yeah, it was Selena in this. Um, I really um, thought, you know, the cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak, I up on the touch, yeah. yeah, really good. Um, I love the fact that Bruce ultimately has gone back to her. I mean, I thought there was a fur- fairly uh, terminal um, split here, and um, it felt like that. I'm quite glad and I'm pleased that they've come back together in a way. Um, don't think she's forgiven him, and she is very much insistent that she will do this on her own. I mean, Bruce does try and sort of tempt her uh, with saying, well, if you're not going to go, I'll break in on my own. And then there's also this uh, notion that Bridget, um, Bridget Pike, um, is still alive, that mm-hmm. she was taken to Arkham and she could be um, in there as well. And I, I like the fact that this suggests that Selena, because obviously she's looking after Bridget's pigeons. I love the fact that there's this former relationship in her life that she absolutely cherishes. Yeah. She really agrees to Bruce's plan and, and his request because of the absolute possibility that she could get Bridget out of Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I love then... Uh, the contrast of that right at the end. Um, and this is the thing, you know, this was really good, uh, where she comes face to face to Bridget, who is no longer Bridget. It's a uh, Firefly. And mm-hmm. we have Firefly with an absolutely great upgraded suit. And the thing is, is she dead or is she alive? Now that anyone can be resurrected. Will Selena die? And Will Selena be dead? Oh, okay. I thought you were asking, was Bridget Pike alive or dead? Um. Well, she's been <laughs> resurrected, potentially, mm. but I think she was alive when she got stretched in. She was. There, there is yeah. that thing where she's absolutely 100% burnt yeah. um, really badly, but um, that she's still clinging on to, to life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think um, Firefly has or Bridget has been resurrected. But I do wonder. I mean, in my notes, I was kind of 
No, they're not going to kill Selena Kyle. Yeah. She will do some kind of cat leap out the way, and she'll just keep evading the the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. But then I did think to myself, what would happen, or you know, what's the possibility that she is caught in the flames? Well, yeah, and, and is resurrected in some way. Given that we have been discussing that they can essentially resurrect anyone now, as long as Hugo Strange uh, survives mm-hmm. this. Um, there is that method of bringing characters back, and maybe it does twist her to the more evil side of Catwoman or of Selena Kyle. That she then maybe begins to learn that she, um, you know, the good of within her again. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Interesting, because that that would explain why she can eventually forget all the things that she did with Bruce uh, in this kind of timeline. Uh, that all the time she spent with him now, you know, uh, that she could forget that in the future because of some big moment in her life, possibly caused by uh, Professor Strange, yeah? But I suspect that that isn't going to happen. But mm-hmm. I just thought it would be a really interesting theory if that was what was going to happen. And, of course, we will find out soon enough. But I think it's too much of a change to a really big character, yeah. potentially. Yeah, I think she um, has to escape this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Really good, though. Uh, really good moment. I loved Bridget Pike coming back. I loved seeing the new suit. So, Derek, what's your next point? Harvey Bullock. Harvey Bullock is now our new captain of the GCPD. For he the moment. He is. For the moment. Uh, a mantle that he's not really wearing very um, easily on his uh, on his, uh, his shoulders. Uh, I do like this, that he, uh, as the most senior member of the GCPD, he's getting the opportunity to become captain. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I like his speech to uh, to the troops to kind of pull them up by their bootstraps and get them to uh, to go out and do anything and everything they can uh, to find the the, um, the attacker, I suppose, of Captain Barnes, who we now know is alive. We were wondering last week, was this the death of another captain? Um, luckily not. He is in, uh, he is in hospital um, healing up. But I do like that, that, that it is Harvey that gets this opportunity to stand in front of the troops and tell them to do anything. Um, only problem, he does say... I'm not a great speechmaker. Jim says he did fine. And then Jim, taking his exact advice, is the one that breaks lots of laws and, again, is not a member of the GCPD. So um, so Harvey kind of saying to him, uh, you, we've broken in. We're going to go grave robbing to steal this sword. Uh, we're breaking all kinds of laws. And he says to him, um, well, you told me to do anything, that uh, everything that it would take to find uh, this, th- to find Azrael. So uh, I'm only taking your advice, Harvey. So maybe he needs to think about his speech writing a little bit more next maybe time. Maybe he does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and maybe Jim needs to go and find um, Leslie Tompkins. Um, it, it's a bit odd. I mean, I, I kind of didn't mind it in this as much as I have done previously. But I mean, I almost thought, oh, no, Jim has murdered Theo Galavan again. <laughs> he could potentially have just come off the hook. Yeah, after getting um, away with it. But he's done it again because he's done it as a, as a civilian. Um, he's jacked a car, um, a police car mm-hmm. at the cemetery. The cop even says, you, you don't work here anymore kind of thing. You can't do this. And he does it. He goes grave robbing. I mean, okay, Tabitha was there, but there's all manner of things. Like, he's actually getting worse. Um, he needs to get reinstated into the GCPD because otherwise it, it will seem a bit strange. Even if he just says, I'm going to be a private eye or yeah, something like yeah. that. But at the moment, this is just civilian gym essentially breaking a whole load of laws. Um, and it just doesn't add up a bit to me. But nonetheless, within this, because of the personal element um, of Theo Galavan and what happened there, um, and just the you know the threat that Galavan did on on Bruce, how he hoodwinked him. I mean, I get that this actually 
is personal. Yeah. And um, so it doesn't feel wrong in this instance. Yeah. But, you know, someone else where he's doing that, it could easily have felt out of place. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at least. But I don't want to, I don't want to beat down on Jim Gordon all mm-hmm. the time because that's not the case. I think in this case, it made sense and it was absolutely right for the story. So in that sense, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I think I can bring in my bulligism of the week here, uh, which is, <laughs> uh, which is my favorite moment from the opening of the episode as, uh, as Harvey is, it has his showdown with, uh, with Hugo Strange and said, why is Theo Galavan running the captain through with swords and Victor Freeze is alive and kicking and dressed like a spaceman. I really like this as Harvey tries to kind of put everything that's been happening in the last week into his own mind and uh, and trying to get uh, some kind of answers from Hugo Strange. Really enjoyed that moment. Uh, John, do you want to give us your next point? Again, I really absolutely loved Hugo Strange and Miss Peabody here in this episode. Um, Fan, fantastic. I loved, um, again, that he confronts Jim Gordon again, saying how, you know, you can't even ask me any questions um, because you're not a police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that he, he takes it to Harvey Bullock and says, you know, you can only search my office, which he's shredded all his documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, And if you go for another warrant, I'll be on to the judge to say that this will be hugely disruptive to the inmates, this place of healing um, and all this really, yeah, really ha- good. Wasn't um, having the GCPD and others around is disruptive yeah, again. Another yeah, little exactly. dig at Jim Gordon. Another like little that. dig at Jim Gordon. Yeah. Um, I just think he's fantastic. And I, I just love the counsel of, of Miss Peabody with him all the time. Um, and just the fact that he is like one step ahead. He's already moving the test subjects or she is, you know, that they work so well together as this evil Machiavellian team. I mm-hmm. absolutely love the two of them. Um, and, you know, they move, uh, the test subjects to to another facility and um, that's already begun um you know he he's really being obstructive to the gcpd um, and and he's you know really starting to look after his own back you know the place will be cleared out um the documents are shredded and if they take Azrael down, which they have done, that's something that we can't do anything about and it cleans us up because Azrael was he ever here? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's really, really good. Really enjoying um, this. And I love the fact that the two of them are watching on. Did they know that Selena was here listening uh, in, in the in the empty room? Because they are in the control tower watching um, Firefly light up the flamethrower towards Selena. So it'll be interesting how that all take shape uh, in the next episode yeah. it really will will they stop um, it or will they let it go ahead yeah yeah it'll be really, really um, so just again fantastic from bd wong um here as hugo strange absolutely loving his introduction in gotham mm-hmm. uh, without a shadow of a doubt with him and, and um mr freeze fantastic yeah. in terms of uh the bad guys. And I have to say again, just looking at Firefly, she looks superb in that new getup. Certainly. Did yep. we see 
Killer Croc, the the guy, the zombie kind of looking guy that um, Selena spotted when she was in the corridor down in Indian Hill. Yeah, it, that was a note of mine. I was wondering who it was. It's a, it had to be somebody. Was it Solomon Grundy? Was it Killer Croc? It was a big guy with um with his skin was kind of braised or abraised? Is that the right word? Yeah, or, or maybe or rotting, or, yeah, or was something. it kind of almost like yeah, some kind of skin disease or mm. skin flesh rotting or was it scaling mm-hmm. or something like that i mean and the eyes were sort of kind of a, a bright yellow um but so there was reference as well from selena earlier on in the episode saying you know yeah, zombies around uh, gotham <laughs> uh, what's new yeah. so is this solomon grundy actually because again big fella so could be um solomon grundy could be Killer Croc. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if we get any more information or any more um, screen time of that guy being transported. But just the fact that they lingered on him, I suspect he will pop up in, in another episode before the end of this season. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think that's it's really interesting, this opportunity they have of bringing out some of the weirder, more different characters within that, within the kind of Batman universe uh, underneath Indian Hill. I think that's quite cool to be able to do that, definitely. So Derek, what's your next point? Uh, for my next point, it's definitely Bruce and Alfred's relationship again. You know, there's some great moments between the two of them in this episode. Having uh, Bruce out in the streets of Gotham again, um, was telling Alfred to let him be. Bruce co- does kind of tell him off, telling him, you know, I know you're my guardian, but what are you going to let me do? Just sit around waiting for Jim Gordon to do uh, to do the job that I know I can do better than him. Um, he's been waiting around too long, you know. I like that he gets a bit of the leash let off by Alfred, uh, where he's effectively just allowed to go and do what he wants to do now. Um, obviously, a bit more trust between Alfred and Bruce. And again, seeing that moment a bit later on when Al- when Bruce does return back and the conversation between Alfred and Bruce where he says to him, I see him more, as more of a friend than a guardian. Um, a, no- a lovely little moment. And, and, Definitely. Yeah, and that return by Alfred saying, you pick the best times to do this kind of stuff, don't you, Master Bruce? Um, yeah. <laughs> just as they're about to get attacked. I, I really agree that I think... This is the moment where Bruce is being let off, um, off, off the lead a bit, or the lead is being lengthened. And I really like that. I think yeah. it was time for this, uh, relationship to have some of that because Alfred has been hugely protective in, in this second half, understandably. But, um, I, I like that notion. Uh, you know, he didn't like, um, him going off and being on the streets. Yeah. With, with Selena. He, he and, seemed very hurt by that decision yeah, of Bruce's. And wasn't he's it? really kind of, I think, He's kind of pushed back on Bruce a bit because of that by being overly protective. But I, I like, you know, where, where Bruce is re- really answers uh, Alfred's, I'm your guardian. It's my job to protect me. And uh, where he goes, is it your job to keep me sat on my hands? Yeah. And I, I love the fact that getting really interesting comment from Bruce here. I'm tired of Jim Gordon, aren't you? Like there's this frustration, I think, coming from that, that, that Jim Gordon hasn't found his parents' murderer. Yeah. He's kind of now, um, at this moment in time, all caught up against Azrael and Theo Galavan. And it's Bruce who feels he now is impelled to go after Professor Strange, uh, the philosopher himself. Mm-hmm. And it actually leads him to link back in with, with Selena. So I really like that. And yeah, as you say, just um the you're more than a guardian you're my friend but i love the way alfred steps up with that swashbuckling sword fight oh yeah uh, the moment where he comes back from across the sofa and he lunges at asriel just the the um 
the the look in his face, the commitment to Bruce, I just think is done so well by Sean Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. But I do wonder whether it's another trip to hospital for Alfred. Um, <laughs> because I think he gets seriously... Um, I thought he got the sword to his leg, but I think afterwards at the car, I don't think he is injured in that way. It just seems like he's got some kind of scrape on the head. Oh, that's from being thrown out the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I just wondered whether we were going to see him in hospital, which would have been three people in Gotham mm-hmm. in hospital. Barnes, Tabitha, and then uh, Alfred. And the sixth time for Alfred being in hospital, yeah, exactly. I think, at this stage as well. Poor um, Alfred. <laughs> but I love that kind of great, great moment uh, between Alfred and Azrael, the, the, the fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought the commitment from Alfred to protect um, Bruce, and even just where Bruce slides him the, the cutlass. That was cool, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I must say, really loved that. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that. John, on that note, I think that was my final point. Do you want to give us your final point? Yeah, it was in the Dumas crypt. Um, I really enjoyed this moment, this face-to-face moment between Tabitha uh, and um, Theo Gallivan, yes. where she tries to get him to remember uh, that he is um, her brother, that um, they were after, um, you know, Bruce and all that. And it, it doesn't work like she intended ultimately it sends him off on on a secondary mission to kill the son of gotham to kill bruce wayne um, and he recognizes then in her that she is a traitor to that mission by not continuing yeah. that that quest um and so runs her through i mean as i said earlier on i'm surprised she's um in hospital uh, hooked up to the machines mm-hmm. i thought she was going to be dead but I really liked the way that that whole face-off occurred. I, I yeah. thought it was really needed between these two. They had to come face-to-face. Definitely. And this was a great payoff for that. And um, I love that he says, um, you know, that the, that she's a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that, you know, there is some recognition. You get that really cool sort of um, psychotropic kind of um, memory flashbacks in all those psychedelic colours. Again, you get the Hugo Strange with the white glasses. Mm-hmm. Really fantastic. Great to see that again. Yeah, really Yeah, cool. really good. I'm loving that kind of sort of mental recollection coming back in that way. I yeah. think it's so cool. I don't think we're going to see it again, unfortunately, for, uh, for Mr. Gallivan. Sadly not. <laughs> but um, but well, yeah, maybe no, for others. Maybe for others. Yeah, I, the I, Mad Hatter, for example. Maybe or the bunnies. I do know what you mean about about the uh, the attack on Tabitha here. I suppose I didn't expect her to be getting out of it, especially because of the setup on the sword being three hundred years old. It's the weapon of Azrael. It's got magical properties, is what she describes it as. So you would expect that a, a stabbing of that type would absolutely kill someone. Um, the way it was set up, but that's. I, I suppose I'm really glad that that didn't happen because I love Tabitha as a character and I want to see more of her. Um, Me too. But, but she um, is all a Dumas, so maybe it doesn't kill. Maybe, maybe own. that's it. Maybe that's it. But yeah, really, uh, really good scene between the two of them. Really enjoyed it, especially the end of it as well as she sits down looking at Jim and goes, um, I'm really sorry. I think I might have set him on Bruce Wayne now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I like, know. Oh, oops, uh, that's not what I was here for, was it? Uh, yeah, I really like that moment. 
I've got a couple of notes about the episode. Sure. No, uh, no picture points. Firefly away. <laughs> I love just the little touches in here. Loads of vents in Gotham are being explored in this episode. We've got, uh, obviously, yes. Ed, Ed and Selina coming in and out. We've got Jim going into the mausoleum, uh, using the vents going in there. So just kind of setting up that in Gotham you can get into, into anywhere um, through the vents. I know Bridget Pike used the vents to get in and out of the Wayne buildings when she was in her last episode. So... So tons of events in this episode. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, the moment with Selena and Ed where he says, there's alive people, there's dead people, there's alive and dead people in this place. Get me out of here. Yeah, uh, really cool. Great little moment with him. Uh, Butch and Tabitha, where Tabitha is effectively breaking up a butch and he's saying to her, um, I'll do anything you want. I'll eat more fruit. I'll, Butch loves you, baby. I'll work on this. I'll work on the snoring if that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed that little moment between the two of them. Yeah, my uh, one of my notes is speaking of alive people, dead people, alive and dead people is the back to fronty dead priest. Oh, um, wow, what a moment! Really, really good. Um, where the priest is coming in, saying, "You know, who's broken in here?" And Azrael, I need weapons. Have you got a weapon? No, we don't have any. You're of no use. As he snaps oh. the head, uh, and I just love the fact that the priest is laying face down, but with the face oh. up. Oh. Fantastic. So he's back to fronty priest. Absolutely. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> uh, um, what a moment. Yeah, what a moment. fantastic little uh, neck twist there. Definitely. But overall, a really good episode this time. Really oh, enjoyed brilliant. this Brilliant. Really good. I must say, I love this episode. Um, really good fun. Uh, really rocketed, um, dare I say it, <laughs> the... Um, the the story along um, with two episodes left to go. So I'm really kind of interested to see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would give this four and a half RPGs out of uh, five. <laughs> I, I really literally did love and um, how everyone surrounded around Azrael for revenge um, to protect Bruce um, and ultimately that uh, the increasingly... Um, brutal takedowns of Azrael. Mm-hmm. Um, he really became the hate figure, the proper bad for for all of Gotham in, in, in here. I thought it was really, really good. And you had Firefly introduced. You had an unknown uh, Killer Croc, mm-hmm. Solomon Grundy, who knows? And we see Hugo Strange being as uh, absolutely manipulative as usual mm-hmm. with his right-hand lady, Miss Peabody. And just the fact that Firefly is confronts Selina and you have that kind of moment, what's going to happen here, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a superb episode. Really went along really quickly. Um but in a fantastic way. Yeah. Really good. It is definitely the quickest hour of my week watching Gotham. Really, really, really enjoy it. Especially when we have all these characters returning. You know, people like Bridget Pike seeing her back is great. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what happens with her uh, in next week's episode. And really hoping we don't get a crispy kitty uh, at the beginning of next week's episode. Yeah, hopefully not. No. <laughs> I'm hoping that all that's going to happen is that Hugo will press a button and block the fire coming out from Bridget's uh, from Bridget's weapon um so that she doesn't kill her best friend uh in that moment uh yeah really enjoyed this episode overall and uh yeah only two more left to go i know and with our discussion this episode finished i think it's time to get into some of the feedback yeah we received some feedback by email of course remember you can um send in your feedback at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or you can leave um a voice message on um 
our website. Just go to any of the posts and it's uh, on the right hand tab um, of the screen. It will be a, a voicemail. You can leave 90 seconds um, to send in to us uh, if you want to be um, listened on the on the podcast by uh, all the listeners of Gotham TV podcast. Um, we had one last week, so mm-hmm. um, it works uh, and it, it's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. So please, if you're interested in doing it that way, then you're more than free to do so. But we get traditional email here from Daniel Butcher. Uh, Daniel goes, Gotham has opened the door for Batman 66. Now that Professor Strange has figured out how to create a Mad Hatter by providing him a story Everything is on the table. Mm -hmm. King Tut, easy. (laughs) Bookworm, who can fill the shoes of Roddy McDowell? Question mark. Egghead, I'm totally in. (laughs) Yes, good old Doc Strange, not the marvellous one, can give us all the camp thanks to his new methods. Agent Daniel, out. Thank you so much for that, uh, Daniel. Absolutely. I think we said this last time. This allows carte blanche almost absolutely um, to 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 do anything that they they want to. And as I say, even on this episode, they could potentially kill Selena and bring her back as evil Kitty. Um, you know, <laughs> so who knows what they are going to do with this method of um, inventing characters mm-hmm. How, what ones are they going to pick are they going to maybe not overuse it i hope um but really this um has the potential to be a useful mechanism along with arkham mm-hmm. for the the bad guys in gotham absolutely yeah. i love this idea i love the idea of seeing some of the classic 60s characters even for just um just for uh, cameos of King Tut, a guy dressed up in an Egyptian outfit uh, who believes that he is uh, he is from Egypt. You know, I love that idea. Uh, bookworm, entirely possible. Could totally see it. Egghead, not so sure, but uh, you never know. You never know what they what they could do with this. Uh, great to hear from Daniel again as well. Um, he's been on our Facebook group, uh, popping in while he's been listening to the episodes. And I know for a fact he listened to about five of our episodes back to back in the last week or two to catch yeah, back absolutely. up. Absolutely. So great to have you back on board, Daniel. Good to hear from you. Um, we also had some more email feedback from Dylan Exner. Um, he just came in and said, just wait till you see who the n- new captain is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's Captain Harvey Bullock. Oh, yeah, it's great. I really, really love that he's taken that job uh, for the moment. So hopefully he's an acting captain and we see uh, we see our Captain Barnes return uh, pretty soon. Although he's been attacked so many times, you might want to give up the job, to be honest. Yeah, like, will he return, do you think? Uh, do you think Harvey will maybe have to take it on full-time and that will send him down the whiskey route? <laughs> he could do the job, definitely. Harvey could take that on board, no problem. The whiskey route is what, what he did when he was uh, when he was just a detective anyway, so maybe it's harder stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for that uh, feedback, uh, Dylan. Our next piece of email feedback comes from Natalie. She says, This episode's title was Unleashed, but it could easily have been called Video Game Trope Overload. Don't get me wrong, I loved this episode. However, after playing lots of games and reading about many, many more, my inner gamer was giggling at some of the tropes deployed tonight. Let's see how much I could describe using video game terminology. Last week, we had Enigma start Arkham Escape, where the early game required him to charm his fellow inmates enough to let them steal the stuff they had access to, and then he used those items in a puzzle-solving level to 
find and gain access to the hidden elevator. We left him as the cutscene of him d- discovering the basement's horrors began to play. Oh, that's hilarious. That's really it. cool. Absolutely. <laughs> Such a great description, Natalie. Absolutely. And then Natalie says, This week, Ed gets a return to base undetected stealth mission. Uh, returning from the basement and elevator, he still gets caught, but it is in the official above-ground portion of the asylum, so he doesn't get a game-ending penalty. When he tries again through the air ducts, Ed meets Selena on her own stealth mission to find and save her friend Bridget. Ed's freaked out over what he saw down there, but Selena has her mind set on rescuing her friends, so they trade routes. Too bad for Ed, the guards were waiting for him on the roof. At least Strange still has no reason to suspect Ed knows anything. Interesting point, actually. Yeah, I think I said earlier on in the episode that uh, when he gets back in, that Strange will make him pay for for what he's done. Uh, Maybe he'll just make him pay for trying to escape uh, from Arkham, I think. Natalie says, meanwhile, Selena's very st- very lengthy stealth mission leads her to a cutscene where she overhears some vital discussion and exposition between Strange and Peabody. We learn that other subjects are being moved off-site, presumably to be stashed for season three plots, and that Strange figures the GCPD will kill Theo, Azrael, and thus help him cover his own tracks. Selena witnesses some of that personally, as she sees orderlies drag off someone who looks suspiciously like Killer Croc. Then she runs into her friend Bridget, who has been brainwashed into being P- Firefly. Looks like you're with us on the Killer Croc. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully that is Killer Croc. And if it's not, hopefully it's Solomon Grundy, especially given the resurrection rebirth element. You know, you could think it goes wrong. He becomes zombie-esque. Zombie-esque. Yeah, you never know. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll find out pretty soon, actually. That would be pretty cool. Um Natalie says this week, Theo Azrael became that final fantasy boss that you encounter encounter early and often, whose final battle sequence happens in multiple phases and takes 30 minutes to finish. But who who is not the true final boss? Uh, Hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. really good idea here, Natalie. Uh, I love these video game tropes that you've pointed out. And finally, Natalie says that she, there's two Easter eggs that she found in this episode. Uh, one Easter egg that she enjoyed was the garage. You can you could see the shadowed forms of several cars in a wide variety of styles and ages. I'm not obsessed with Batman's cars, civilian or otherwise, nor have a freeze-framed the garage sequence. But that variety screamed Easter eggs. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some cool uh, some cool cars in Big the time. in the garage there. We'll probably have to watch that again a couple of times. Uh, I'll, I'll really enjoy watching this episode again. I think. Uh, and finally. Natalie says, my favorite Easter egg tonight was the very Batman 66 moment that wasn't Cappy. The writers forget that Alfred has carried around a flip phone and have Jim call into the Wayne Manor landline. Naturally, the calls ring into the study. At the other end is a black matte finished desk telephone and the sturdy rotary dial uh, form so popular in the mid 20th centuries. A classic form shared with Batman's 66 bat phone. Very good. Definitely. It just needs to be painted red maybe for for when they really go to town <laughs> with the, the secret entranceway um, into the back cave. I mean... Thomas Wayne's study. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so good to hear from you, Natalie. Thanks very much again for your feedback. And as John mentioned, if you want to send in any kind of email feedback to us, you can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Natalie, for all your feedback. It's absolutely fantastic. And as you say, only two episodes left. And finally, we have the Twitter feedback. You can uh, tweet along with us on our um, Twitter handle, at Gotham TV Podcast. Yeah, great night of live tweeting on Gotham this week. Uh, Claire Payne says, I realize Bruce has an impressive collection of cars. The hashtag Batmobile. Also, I'm going to miss Oswald shouting, where's Galavan? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A great uh, catchphrase from Oswald for most of the season. Not going to hear that one again, unfortunately. Uh, Fuller Shade 88 says, I'm watching it now. It looks like Croc. 
Uh, Sean Lunn also says croc, I think. Um, yeah, so I think we may have gotten it incorrect. There may not be a possibility of being Solomon Grundy that Selena saw when she was in Arkham Asylum. Uh, everybody seems to be thinking croc. You never know. Let's, uh, let's wait to see what we find out. Uh, Catherine Haverty says it was a great episode, especially the scene with Selena and Ed, the meeting of different characters, even in unusual places. Uh, yeah, another great moment in the episode. Cahill Boyd says, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you make an entrance. Butch, Penguin, hashtag Bazooka. Uh, totally agree with you. Great, great moment in the episode. GothamFan876 said, Tabitha kind of deserved that stab. I would be like, this is for Gertrude. Um, yeah, I think if it was Penguin giving the stab to her, totally agree with you. The fact that it's her brother who kind of put her in that situation with Gertrude, uh, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, as deserved, and I do like Tabitha, so I'm glad that she is in hospital, hopefully recovering from the stab wound. Lisa McGuinness says, love the quote, if he wanted to wear leather, he should have just worn leather. This is Gotham. A great quote from Oswald. Really, really enjoyable. Uh, can't believe we didn't call it out throughout the episode. Good catch there, Lisa, as well. Uh, completely forgot. We did mention it, obviously, while we were live tweeting, and then completely forgot about it for the podcast. So good catch. Thanks for that. And finally, Claire Payne tweeted, was that a Batman Returns moment when Selina stood up slowly? Hashtag Catwoman. Yeah, really good catch there, Claire. We have mentioned a couple of times how, like Michelle Pfeiffer, Cameron Bicandova looks. So uh, really good that they've done a little callback to uh, to Batman Returns. Excellent tweets. Really enjoyed those. Thanks very much for those. And thanks very much for all of the feedback that we received this week. Great to hear from everybody on these on these episodes as we're closing out. Absolutely. Next couple of weeks are going to be lots of fun. Uh, I'm going to be traveling over to London for the Gotham on Five um, special presentation in uh, in London mm, on, uh, on next you Tuesday. Lucky, lucky duck! Yeah, I have no idea what's ahead of me, but really looking forward to it. And luckily, John isn't going to be left out because we will be going to Star Fury in Blackpool to go and meet Robin Lord Taylor and Cameron Bicandova and Drew Pell. Absolutely, say hello to everyone for me over in London. I will. I will definitely. Uh, well, join us again next week for episode twenty-one of Gotham, the the penultimate episode of the Wrath of the Villains looking forward to that one absolutely thank you so much for listening and we'll speak with you again next week thanks bye thanks for being a butch supporter butch loves you baby